Today, July 1st, on the uh, Callahan Podcast, well, as we know, cities are burning, looters are looting, uh, the NYPD is being cut way back. There's chaos out there, there's anarchy out there. And what did our president do last night? Uh, he tweeted about how much we all miss Roger Ailes. If you're uh, uh, not aware, Roger Ailes was a violent sexual predator who is dead. And the president misses him. I assume, you know, he misses uh, Jeffrey Epstein, too. And, and Harvey Weinstein, he's in jail, but don't we all miss him? We'll talk about Trump's insane tweet and his uh, lack of his tone deafness in this current crazy climate. Also, also Abe Lincoln. He's going away. Abe Lincoln in Boston. They're taking down Abe Lincoln because, you know, he offended Somebody, we're not sure who, but he offended somebody. So Abe Lincoln is going into mothballs and we'll ask, are you going to watch the NBA? If all the NBA players have these woke political messages on their jerseys, are you going to, you going to watch this summer? Um, I think, uh, I think a lot of people are like me. They're going to take a pass. We'll talk to a, a friend, Tom Shattuck, Tom Shattuck from the Bird and Barrel podcast. Uh, today I'm Jerry Kelly. This is the Callahan podcast and, uh, we are brought to you by friends at DCU, Digital Federal Credit Union. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU and they can help lower your monthly payment, your interest rate or both. Applying is easy and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA. Membership required. Okay, Callahan, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. I'm sitting there last night watching New York City which is the next uh, the next place to explode. You can just feel it. They're outside the city council, and they're waiting for the vote to, to cut a billion dollars. All the usual suspects are there. BLM activists and Antifa scum are out there, and they're blocking the road. It's just you feel the chaos. You feel the anarchy in uh, you know L.A. and Minneapolis and Chicago and, and everywhere else. And I'm saying it is. It's it's not going to be easy, but this is what Donald Trump has to run against. It's I mean it's it's obvious. You you just put up a video of the anarchy and say this is these are Biden's people, these are Biden supporters. The Antifa and BLM are are you know they're in Biden's camp. They're raising money for Biden. It's you know things aren't great. We got a little virus going on, but you know the economy took a huge hit, but. I, I don't think it should be that hard to run against anarchy. That's my opinion. And I know Trump is a little eh, uh, irrational at times, a little emotional at times, but even he should be able to recognize this is his job right now. Run against that. So I'm sitting there watching it and I'm saying, okay, time for uh, somebody, Trump, somebody from Trump's camp to say, these are the lunatics we must defeat. Instead, I look at my Twitter feed and he's tweeting about his old friend, Roger Ailes. <laughs> he's tweeting. Uh, yeah, we're out here. Here was right in the middle of the chaos in New York City last night. Like what this was, I don't know what time, eight o'clock uh, prime news hour. And uh, our president, real, real Donald Trump tweets 
about uh, Donna Brazil says she gets fired by CNN for giving crooked Hillary the debate questions and gets hired by Fox News. Where are you, Roger Ailes? Now, I, I, I it's a good question why you would hire Donna Brazil. And, you know, we know she's not a not an honest, an honest uh, person and she's got her issues and she's not great on TV, but whatever. Uh where are you? Are we all, where are you, Roger Ailes? And immediately people start pointing out he's dead, which is a good thing. He's dead. He's a horrible human being. He was a sexual predator, a pervert, a monster. He's dead. That's good. And what does Trump follow it up with? You know, 10 minutes later, I knew he was dead. Uh, we all miss, we all miss Roger Ailes. We miss him. What? <laughs> we miss, we all miss Roger. I know he's a loose cannon on Twitter. I know that nobody's uh, editing him. I know his, he's all alone wherever in the, in, the, in the White House, in the Oval Office, and he's tweeting. But even by his standards, we all miss Roger. That's like saying we all miss Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> well, okay, Jerry, here's a silver lining to that. If you're somebody who thinks Donald Trump doesn't have the ability to have the depth of knowledge about anything or concentrate on anything or, you know, have a comprehensive ability to analyze something, when it comes to TV news, he absolutely does. So the talent is there. He has the skill. But the the problem is, yes, Roger Ailes is a troublesome person to bring up, but also you know, the homicide rate in Minnesota, in Minneapolis now is 100 percent higher than it was at last year at this time. That's right. a lot of percent, I think. Not, Tom, it's that way in all these people. New York is the same way. I mean, it was a great stat yesterday. In New York City, four people died from the coronavirus yesterday. Nineteen people were shot to death. I mean, the virus is a problem, but lawlessness, yeah. anarchy is a bigger problem, Absolutely. particularly in urban areas. Yes, if in that's not I, right. I mean, that's all he should be doing right now. That's all he should be talking about. Pointing out, I mean, Biden had a uh, a campaign rally with his supporters yesterday. Uh, well, the one one Fox News guy snuck in, but he had a rally with his supporters in Delaware, and they don't even ask about. You know, Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the chaos in the cities, which is understandable. Their goal is to get them elected. But if you're Trump, you spend every minute of every day pointing out that they cut a billion dollars or a billion and a half out of the budget in New York. And it's not enough for Trump. I mean, for Biden advisor AOC, that's not enough. She <laughs> wants the entire six billion dollar budget wiped wiped away, wiped off, and the cops eliminated. That's what Biden advisor AOC wants. Why isn't Trump tweeting about that constantly and not about his old friend Roger Ailes? You're right. If I don't need does somebody somebody needs to tell him that Roger Ailes would say concentrate on the middle of America. Concentrate on hardworking, law abiding Americans who are hurting. You know, you've got odd you know, middle-aged couples now walking outside their front door with AR-15s and, and the wife with a revolver now because they're getting no support from anywhere. You're exactly right. In, in the in Seattle, in the in the chop, you know, the summer of love so far has featured four homicides and maybe even more. I know there's been a, a handful more shootings than that. These are black lives, by the way, being being uh, lost. The black 16-year-old child, a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old shot by some Antifa scum who was a uh, uh, a security. He was on security uh, force for uh, CHOP. 
And, you know, they don't want the cops there until they need the cops. But that's a good point, Shattuck. If you're Trump or Trump surrogate, you you tell that story. A 16-year-old black child was shot and killed by Antifa maggot. And let me guess, just guess, this just kind of guess that he was white, that he was white, because most Antifa scum are white. So you got a white anarchist murdering a 16-year-old black child and a 14-year-old black child's in critical condition. That's condoned by the mayor, you know, a former uh, U.S. attorney for Obama out there, that nutty, that, that moonbat mayor who called it Summer of Love and said they were having a street festival. You know, that should have been asked of Biden. You know, do you see what's happening in your cities? Do you, do you know, it's going to get worse if you elect Joe Biden. These, again, his advisor, AOC, wants all cops gone. How come you came? I mean, honest to God, I, 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 I he pisses me off when he does this. I, is he, is he just not that smart or is he just blind or what, what is going, why would you tweet about Roger Ailes ever, ever? I don't care what Don Brazil <laughs> said. Roger Ailes is a monster, was a monster. We are all better off as a country, as a society that he's dead. You know, when Harvey Weinstein's dead or, you know, Harvey Weinstein's still in jail, right? We didn't li- release him because of the virus. He's still right. in jail. Yeah. What if, you know, what if Hillary Clinton or one of her, one of Harvey's close friends, you know, Meryl Streep said, we all miss Harvey. You'd say, you've lost your mind. Harvey Weinstein's a monster. The president is tweeting that he misses a violent sexual predator. No, no, he's not tweeting that he misses him. He's tweeting that we all miss him. Does he? <laughs> Does he not know what Roger did in his free time? What he did to Gretchen Carlson? Does he not know what he did to whatever, whatever Laurie Do or uh, or Megan Kelly? Does he not know what his friend was up to? And meanwhile, like he's he's obviously saying that because he's he's trying to shit all over Fox News, and Fox right. News could not be more powerful right now. <laughs> did you see Tucker Carlson's rating Tucker, last night? Tucker Carlson had the greatest quarterly rating book in cable news history. <laughs> and you want to see something sad? I watched uh, Tucker last night again. He was brilliant and laying it all out. He's attacking Republicans who will not fight back. He's attacking that squish there, Mike Braun from Indiana. It was brilliant the last two days, every day, every day. He sums up everything beautifully. Hannity's kind of riding his coattails. Laura Ingram's doing well, but he had the best rating book in cable news history. And as I'm sitting there last night, I'm on Twitter flipping around. Up comes um, Bill O'Reilly's monologue from his uh, his show on The First, which is, uh, I don't know, if it was a cable channel or a YouTube channel. I'm not quite sure, but he's got a show and he's doing this commentary like he used to do and this you know 27 people watching i'm saying it's kind of sad it's like it's kind of sad it's like watching uh you know drew bledsoe play quarterback for uh you know buffalo on the final days and everybody watching tom brady thinking yeah but that's that's not well, fair. What an upgrade that's, that's not, not fair to drew no, 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 that's not, that's not, I mean, listen, I'm not a defender of Bill O'Reilly, but I'm just saying that's not fair to say that for, he's, he's working with a startup right now. It's like us, our social media numbers I'm, are, are, is a peasant compared to our podcast numbers. I'm not saying he wasn't bad. Like he does a good commentary. He can speak off the cuff. Uh, great. Still Bill O'Reilly, but he was replaced by a superstar in Tucker Carlson, whose ratings are off the charts because he is, you know, the voice of the silent majority right now. I don't think, I think he was done by the time 
Trump was tweeting about uh, Roger Ailes, but I know lots of supporters on, you know, on social media will be killing Trump, are killing Trump for this because it is so incredibly tone deaf as cities are burning, as, you know, anarchists are feeling emboldened because cops are being eliminated. I mean, have you seen, Shattuck, you point out the numbers in New York City, crime is off the charts, murders are up, all this, and cops are quitting. Cops are retiring, quitting. They, they, they eliminated a thousand people from the next class of uh, cadets for the NYPD. <laughs> a thousand. Yeah. yeah, I talked to a, a, a former um, DA in Boston, and his he was talking about this is even during the you know reverberations from the last big Black Lives Matter push. He said that uh, that there were fewer and fewer cadets for the Boston police. And his the 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 saying is is that why would you be a Boston cop when the police come people yell yell at you when the firemen come everybody cheers you so just go into the fire department. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a guy on Twitter now uh, uh, a video uh, with a guy in, in the crowds in New York City a young man saying we should shoot the police officers and undoubtedly it's going to happen and we've codified what was a sloganeering now into a a call to action to. To shoot cops, and this this has happened before. We lost five police officers in Dallas some years ago during the Obama administration. Right, right. Uh, but a BLM supporter shot yeah. five cops. He wanted to kill. Cause, and by the way, there's video. I know we're all supposed to ignore this now, Shattuck. We're supposed to ignore it, but there's video of Black Lives Matter people, activists chanting, "What do we want? Dead cops. Mm-hmm. When do we want them? Now." Another video saying. Fry them like bacon, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. There are many, many Black Lives activists who are out there literally advocating violence, murder of of cops. As you point out, the, the one guy saying we should shoot the cops. I mean, they, they, it is a war on police. And if you can't use that to your benefit, if you're Donald Trump and a Trump 2020 campaign, then you have no hope. You are hopeless. Right. Because he's he's you know, he's also taking cover from an extreme minority of people in the United States. Seventy percent of people still like the police. The people in the black community still want police presence. I, I just talked to an activist recently who said her biggest complaint was that the cops take too long to get there. People want the police. If you're b- believing this propaganda machine, activists and their media. And everybody is bowing to it and everybody's afraid. And we've been destabilized by the COVID thing so that people's natural senses and the ability to to, to have a cognitive thought process filter out BS. Then this is a dangerous thing. Americans know this is ridiculous. People know that this is. But it's happening. That's the thing, Tom. Is it happening? If you if you said, you know, AOC and, uh, you know, my embarrassment of a congresswoman, Ayanna Presley. Want to eliminate cops or defund cops? You'd say that's just the lunatic fringe. The lunatic fringe is advising the favorite to win the White House right now. The lunatic fringe is winning. It is happening. And I'm telling you, I know you've heard some of these 911 calls when people are frantically trying to get the cops to show and the cops don't go because of one reason or another, because there aren't enough cops or it's a no-go zone or it's an autonomous zone. Those are chilling, those calls. Here's what's going to happen. It's already happening, but you're going to see one anecdote after another. If you're, you know, watching Fox News or, uh, you know, online, you're not going to see it on CNN or, or any of the networks, but you're going to see crimes committed and no cops coming because 
the cops are being eliminated. And even if they're not eliminated, that you're going to have the, the Ferguson effect times a thousand. You're going to have the George Floyd effect where the cops are afraid of the, you know, the reaction if they go into certain neighborhoods. You saw that video in New York where they just bombard, they pelt the cruiser with bottles and, and, and I don't know what else, just all kinds of crap until the cop throws it in reverse and leaves. He was, uh, answering a call. I assume it was a 911 call for a shooting or a, a knifing or something. He shows up and they just bombard the cruiser and he leaves. That's going to happen over and over again. And that, and, and most of them will be on video. And if those videos aren't in Trump commercials, aren't in Trump ads, then they're, they're, they're losing their minds. I mean, people right now, any other issue is secondary. Any other, you know, foreign affairs thing, any, you know, anything about, uh, you know, crooked Hillary, <laughs> anything about uh, Ukraine or Russia or whatever, that's all secondary. All that matters now is there's this war on the cops and on law-abiding citizens, gun-toting law-abiding citizens, and they're, and, and we're losing it. We're losing the right now. Big cities are all talking about cutting back or eliminating cops, which is utter madness. Right. And we're losing it in the, in, I would say that the, the people who are losing it are high profile people in squishes and people with no constitution. One of these cop videos shows uh, where the cop's car is deluged with people who are throwing bricks at it. Somebody has a right, a pistol pointed at the, at the police uh, cruiser as well. And a cop tries to get out of there, and a couple of these, you know, uh, you know, uh, Antifa losers from Wellesley are pushed by the police car, and of course they're now victims and are immediately on MSNBC right. that night. Which is how disgraceful is that? By the way, if you're going to be a punk thug white kid from Wellesley terrorist, don't bitch and moan if the cops freaking run you over while you're trying to kill them. I, I admit. <laughs> that's that's a, that, that was, I believe, that was in Detroit, and they got all over the car, and the cops thinking. They're going to drag me out. You know, I'm going to be, you know, like Ambassador Stevens in Benghazi. They're going to drag my naked body through this neighborhood if they get me. And the cop went back and forth a little bit to get them to fall off the cruiser. And then he hit a couple as he took off. And I obviously, you know, tweeted. I enjoyed it. I applauded it like most <laughs> people. And there are other people saying, you know, the cop just ran over us. You know, he just ran. Well, he ran over you because you're on the hood of the car. Of course, he should run over you. Anyone should. I mean, at this point, does it make sense for anybody to not hit the gas when someone climbs on your car or stands in front of your car and they're, they surround the car and they got bricks and they got rocks and they're thinking, you know, this is we're going to bash this guy's skull in like Reginald Denny if we can get him out of the car. Of course, you hit the gas. And, you you know, if you face some kind of prosecution from some crazy George Soros DA, fine. You're alive. At least you're alive. I mean, you got to do that. Yeah. I mean, and that's why people have to stand up. And if you show yourself to be a soft target, it, it, they're going to go after you. It's like from Predator. You know, if it bleeds, we can kill it. If you show at all that you're somebody who's impervious to these mobs, then they're going to go on to the next target. So people have to stand up and be more impervious. I mean, I think if somebody. If somebody goes over to Trini, you know, NBC 10 news uh, sports person and says, hey, you need to Venmo me 10 bucks because you have privilege. She's going to do it. You know, if somebody goes to Jerry Callahan, I get the feeling you're going to dismiss the person. Yeah, in <laughs> it is. It is. Again, I know Trump's the underdog now and I know he's he's not, uh, you know, he's had some slip ups. 
but it just seems so simple to me right now. It seems so simple. You have this, this old bumbling fool who came out of his basement yesterday, who's in the throes of dementia, who uh, had, had notes. I mean, if he didn't see it, again, he had a script. He followed the script. He had his campaign supporters asking his questions. He made it through, I forget the number of questions, 20-something questions, none about Antifa or uh, <laughs> the autonomous zone. No. They were, they, you know, they were lobbing the usual softballs. The, the guy who asked Obama if he, what enchanted him the most was there to ask, you know, Biden, how do you think you're doing, you know, Joe? Uh, it was embarrassing, another embarrassing performance by the media. But he literally had notes and it had, he had uh, the names of the reporters he's supposed to call on. And he wasn't supposed to admit it. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, you know, like Obama. Obama used to do this and he knew which reporters were his biggest sycophants. It was hard to tell because they were all such bootlickers. But so he has the list. I don't know if you can get this sound, Dave, but he has the list and he starts referring to it. He says, oh, who am I supposed to go to next? And he's looking at the names. He gave me a list of how to recognize. Is Alex AP out there? I was told by NBC, Mike, where's where's the uh, the Wilmington, uh, uh, the Delaware State News? I mean, Delaware News Journal, I should say. That's my hometown team. I better call on them. I'm sorry. Who was I supposed to go to next name? And the, and the, he was, <laughs> was the first name in network, but he didn't understand that. You know, he's lost the steps. So he thought that the that the network was the last name. So he's like, Bill ABC, how are you? John AP, go ahead. He, he kept going, where's the guy from the Delaware uh, Daily News? Right. Where, where, and it was it was uncomfortable, like every other thing he does in the public, uh, you know, out in public. And that guy can never do a debate with Trump. That guy can never do a freewheeling press event. I mean, he is just not doesn't have the ability anymore. It's it's sad. Well, unless Trump spends his time in the in the debate yelling about Don Lemon and Joe Scarborough's intern, you never know. It seems you and I can beat Joe Biden in the debate because Joe's not all there. He's certainly got, I, I, I think it's fair to say, dementia-like symptoms. Um, but it, it, can Trump stay focused enough? Who knows? You can't tell. But, I mean, it was a, a poor showing by Biden. Of course, it's been heralded as a brilliant show I know, I know. by Biden. And but to Biden's credit, they planted a question about statues and Biden answered it almost correctly, you know, saying that, you know, there were some extremes statues. Some should come down, but others, not everything should come down. And just by saying that little bit, people in the middle of America who are having to take out their AR-15s for the first time and telling their wives to grab the pistola because people (laughs) are saying, okay, maybe that's the guy who gets it, not the guy in the White House. The messaging, I mean, Biden's messaging is already equal to Trump's now. Trump needs to do some wake the hell up and know that there are people who are scared to death, who are broken up economically and who see that there is a real security problem. You know, when Trump was running the last time, there were a bunch of liberals who saw the killings, the terrorist killings in San San Bernardino and uh, Orlando. And liberal women who said, I, I, I can't vote for a softie on terrorism. I need to vote for somebody who's going to protect my kids. And they moved over and suburban women said, Trump is a guy. He might be an idiot, but he at least recognizes the threat to me and my family. And that's I'm going to go with that guy and I'll just take 
whatever comes. Right. Well, he's now abandoned those people. Those people are still looking for an answer now. And now they're going to look at Biden and say, well, at, at, at least he seems to care. Well, Trump is tweeting about Roger Ailes, who's, you know, a, a rapey a dead man for some reason. <laughs> a rapey dead man is indeed. And, and he's tweeting about how we all <laughs> not tweeting about how he ran the network, tweeting that we all miss him. There was one Fox guy snuck into the uh, Biden rally yesterday in Delaware, that Doug McElway, he's an older guy, 65-year-old guy, as he pointed out, who had the uh, audacity to ask Biden about his cognitive decline. It was a great question. And Biden, of course, answered it with more, which Biden's answer led to more questions because he said he's constantly tested for cognitive decline are subject to some degree of cognitive decline. I'm 65. I don't have word recollection that I used to have. I forget my train of thought from time to time. You got 12 years on me, sir. Are, have you been tested for some degree of cognitive decline? I've been tested and I'm constantly tested. Look, all, you, all I got to do is watch me and I can hardly wait to compare my cognitive capability to the cognitive capability of the man I'm running against. Thank you so much. What? He's constantly tested for cognitive. <laughs> I mean, he didn't even say like how it's gone or uh, what the tests have shown. He moved on and said, I'm looking forward to uh, testing my cognitive abilities against my opponent. But if he's constantly tested, isn't the natural follow up is what are the results? <laughs> I mean, right. and, and who's constantly testing him? His own campaign, his wife. I mean, does he have a, a, a like a family doctor that's coming over and, and checking on him uh, every day because that, uh, I mean, it's not, they're not going to ask any follow-up questions because, again, the media is completely invested in getting a 78-year-old man with cognitive issues elected to the highest office in the land. Uh, we'll see how it goes. They they protected him as much as they could. I, I granted, I guess they have to let in a, a Fox guy into the into the rally, and he, and he asked a good question, but for the most part, it was... You know, how do you think, don't, how much does Trump suck? How much do you hate Trump? And, and, and he handled it for him. Okay. But he also revealed again that the whole thing was staged, but here's, and he did, and he did slip up another point too, uh, Tom. He said he wouldn't tear down Christopher Columbus. Now, what kind of candidate doesn't want to tear down a statue of a genocidal maniac? Can I ask you that? Well, I, I think that's a kind of a canny answer on his part. Columbus is a hero to Italian America. And if you look in Columbus Circle in New York, there are citizens guarding that statue. <laughs> so that's a Trump constituency. So I guess, I guess, I mean, I, you know, his supporters want to tear them all down, including, you know, Lincoln and U.S. Grant and all that. So he should, he should be stronger on that if he really does disagree with the, with his supporters, disagree with, you know, AOC and Ayanna Presley. I felt yesterday, like, you know, I feel left out being in New England because we haven't had the kind of riots and anarchy that they have in Minneapolis and Portland and Seattle and and Virginia and and New York at this point where everybody's watching to see how New York, how things go in New York without cops, which is going to be an interesting sociological experiment. But yesterday we made news in Boston. We got back in the news in Boston uh, because we and we I'll, I'll say this. Um, 
it's disgraceful, disgusting what's happening in Boston, but at least it's done the right way. They're doing the wrong thing the right way. They put the, uh, the issue up to a vote from the Boston Arts Commission. I guess that's what it's called. The arts, uh, I'll get the official name of it. And they voted, uh, to remove the Abe Lincoln statue. Uh, uh, the Boston Art Commission votes unanimously to remove the Abe Lincoln emancipation statue. It's the same statue as the one in, uh, in DC, which they're trying to get removed. It's, it's Abe Lincoln helping a, uh, a freed slave off his, off his feet and helping free him. Uh, the, the, um, the slave is Archer Alexander, an actual freed slave, a guy who went and fought, uh, in the, uh, and, and, and was recaptured and put back into slavery, I guess. Lincoln's helping him up and it's, it's, it's called, isn't it called unchained or is it called emancipation? The statue. It's emancipation, but you're right. The, the whole thing is the guy getting to his feet for the first time, thanks to Lincoln, who I believe, paid a price for his uh for his politics for his plank that year as well uh well you mean his poll numbers went down is that what happened (laughs) yeah no (laughs) so yeah that's that's it's funny that how that happens there's two ways to get these statues taken down there's that way or you can do what happened in columbus park in massachusetts where they in Boston where they beheaded the statue and then Marty Walsh went sprinting down there and they put it in a crate and then hid it in storage somewhere. Right. Is- it was like, it was like the movie seven, which ends with uh, Gwyneth, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a bucket. That's uh, right. and- <laughs> Imagine that if you're the mob, all you have to know is that all we have to do is vandalize something and the mayor will box it up and take it away. Yeah, so they're going to, they're going to put this somewhere. They're going to put it in storage with the, you know, the Joe Paterno statue. This this statue that's been there for a hundred and something years, and was paid for by freed slaves, and it signifies the the emancipation of of uh, black, you know, former slaves by our greatest president. Um, and uh, that bothered people, and they demanded it be removed. And these gutless slugs on this art commission, can you believe not one could stand up and say, you know, this is art, this is, uh, this is, uh, tells a story, you know, this is, uh, 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 metaphorical in a way. I mean, it's a statue, obviously. Um, and, and they all just fall in line. And the mayor, of course, who is pathetic, who is allowing the mob to, uh, you know, he's cutting cops now and he, he named a chief of equity. A new cabinet position, some, you know, woman doctor. I'm sure she's a Trump supporter or she's probably, you know, like thinks a lot like I do, but she's the new chief of equity in Boston. <laughs> he writes, uh, he says, Mayor uh, Walsh in a statement, uh, like, you know, it's a statement and not an answer because it's uh, complete sentences. He says, as we continue our work to make Boston a more equitable and just city, it's important that we look at the stories being told by the public art in all of our neighborhoods. After engaging in a public process, it's clear that the residents and visitors of Boston have been uncomfortable with the statue and its re, uh, and its reductive representation of the black man's role in the abolitionist movement. I fully support the art commission's decision 
for removal and thank them for their work. Now, was this the one that we did two weeks ago with the local activist that nobody had heard of, and he had like 500 views on his Facebook video. So, no, that was Fake Wall, I think. It, that wasn't the same one. I think it was, and it, it was it was the Lincoln statue, and and literally every news outlet covered this guy. He's the only one who caused a problem with this. Nobody else was. I, I well, I said I went to you know I went through the common and the public gardens and tried to find it, and everyone I asked didn't know what it was. I mean, there were there was an old hippie guy painting in the in the public gardens, and he said, "Oh yeah, that's the emancipation statue." I go, "Yeah, you know where it is?" He goes, "No, no idea." I asked like three or four other people. No one knew where it was. Uh, it's going to be gone soon because this mayor says it's clear that residents and visitors have been uncomfortable with the statue. That is not clear. Uh, Cullinane's right. It might have been, been more than one guy, but it's certainly not an Tory, overwhelming. Tory, Bull- Tory Bullock was his name. He had, he got 8,000 signatures on, you know, whatever, change, go, change.org or whatever. He's the only one I heard talking about at the time. Right. In, in Lincoln himself, if you've got a figure that was maybe a little bit empathetic, you've, you've got to think this is not the presidency Lincoln wanted to unleash a civil war on the country, to for, be ostensibly responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths. This guy, he didn't even have the benefit of being able to drink. He didn't even drink. This guy, all the stress he had on his hands, he, he had children die. He had a psychotic wife who was a total pain. I mean, this guy did not live a a, li- a, a, a life of, of leisure. And then he got shot in the head. With, with the, the, he blew out his eye socket. The guy died badly after hours for his troubles. I mean, we're vilifying that guy? Of all the people. <laughs> Jesus, what do you have to do? I mean, and by the way, he was assassinated by an avowed racist. A racist killed right. him. He but, gave his life to the cause, and for that, uh, freed slaves uh, paid for this tribute yes. to him and to the emancipation. And the morons in the mob who are controlling everything, who absolutely control the mayor and the arts commission and the city council and the media, the mob said, we don't want to look at Abe Lincoln anymore and and our, and our a pathetic uh, invertebrate of a mayor says, okay, we'll get rid of it. See you later. And he writes the, the statue's reductive representation of the black man's role in the abolitionist movement. I mean, does anyone think Marty Walsh even knows what that means? No, no. And it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think that the, that the Shaw Memorial would have been taken down too. Uh, had it, not been i think you could show its reductive role as well because i think robert gould shaw is on the memorial but there are more black troops represented and thank thank god for that you know including the first you know uh black medal of honor winner but nothing is safe nothing is safe anymore for the time being until people start pushing back we know this is bs we know this is it's intellectually dishonest we know the dummies like jamel hill who are treated like thought leaders right now are incapable of really any kind of uh, any kind of uh, you know dissertation on on any of these issues. They don't know. They're lazy. They use lazy words. Half the country right now, including most of the media, if they didn't have the word racist to use, they would be able to make no argument because they couldn't formulate their their arguments and and right. and make a, a cogent point without these lazy words. In, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess, and Marty Walsh, the mayor, wants to uh, <clears throat> brag that uh, they did it the right way, and I guess they did. I mean, we didn't. The Lincoln statue didn't get ripped down by the mob, which I guess is progress. But it's friggin' Abe Lincoln, 
And in the same neighborhood, they trashed, defaced a tribute to an all-black regiment in the Civil War. There was a tribute, a statue, there is one, and it was uh, defaced. It was vandalized by Black Lives Matter and Antifa scum. Um, and that's going to continue to happen because they're winning. They're winning. They don't, you know, they don't pay any price. Occasionally, you know, Trump will tweet law and order, but uh, for the most part, and, and Republicans will curl up in a ball and hide under their desks and, and the, the inmates are absolutely running the asylum. AOC and Ayanna Presley are in charge now. It is a frightening state of affairs. All right, today's show is brought to you by Flagship Wealth. I'm actually joined by Dave McDonough, a man I have known for 10 years. Dave, you're here with us. We've given away hundreds of those free reports on flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. So if you want one, go there. But I wanted to tell my story and then bring you in on it. When I got fired by Entercom, which a lot of people who listen to this podcast, uh, they know about. Thank you, Alan Dershowitz. My family had four 401ks that were not being actively managed. I spoke to this man, Dave why do people have to have an advisor who actively manages their 401k? Well, David, first of all, it's simplicity. With four different custodians, that's four different 800 numbers, four different asset allocations. As we say at the flagship, you want all your ships sailing in the same direction. And let's talk about your beneficiaries on that. If you need to call these four different companies, can you imagine if you passed away what your beneficiaries would have to go through just to get their hands on this money? Consolidation, one person to talk to, that's why you need to consolidate your assets. When I started with those companies, literally all they asked me was, when do you plan to retire? And they probably put me into some mutual fund that's just based off a of time horizon. Nonsense talk. Go work with somebody who knows what they're doing. That's what I did. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. You can speak directly to Dave McDonough as well. He's the founder of Flagship Wealth. Dave, thank you for that information. We're going to it. We've given away hundreds. We're going to give away hundreds more because I do ad reads better than anybody else in the podcasting business, right? David, I couldn't agree with you more. Fivesshipwealth.com slash retirement. Member FINRA, SIPC. Every day, there's a new star on on social media, on in, uh, Instagram, on Twitter, uh, who, that you say that I think, you know, this is the new face of the of the revolution. And, and we had one. I'm not sure where she was, but she's a Harvard student yesterday. Her name, uh, I don't have her name here, but she made a video about people who said, who say all lives matter. Now we know all lives used to be, you know, all lives matter was a good thing. All lives matter is all encompassing and meant you cared about everyone. Now all lives matter is the new N word. You can't say all lives matter. If you're a, if you're an NBA play by play guy, you could lose your job. If you're around this Harvard student, you might get stabbed. She said she wants to stab you if you say all lives matter. Can we play our uh, our new friend from Harvard? The next person who has the sheer nerve, the sheer entitled caucasity to say all lives matter, I'm going to stab you. I'm going I'm to stab you. And while you're struggling and bleeding out, I'm going to show you my paper cut and say my cut matters too. Well, oh, seems like seems like a fun girl, huh? I mean, she's going to be some you know, lawyer, doctor, yeah, some uh, you know, master master of the universe, and that's her thought that she wants to stab you, kill you if you say all lives matter. And for the most part, you know, all lives matter. People say it in a benign way. You know, it's not they're not taunting anybody. They're just saying, yeah, I care about all lives, black lives, white, blue lives. You say that around her. 
call it benign, Jerry, shows the effect this is happening. By the way, I love how she goes from valid, valedictorian speak to I'm going to stab you. It's a little <laughs> to me. But, but, um, but the thing is, with the Black Lives Matter, the, the slogan, it suggests the premise is out there that you assume they don't matter. So the moment you say, yes, Black Lives Matter, then you're you've opted in. Then you're admitting guilt. Yeah. So, OK, I guess they do. I mean, I didn't think so before you pose a question to me, but I guess they do. Yeah. And it is it is it is so disingenuous and it's it is it's clever. It's but and, it, and, and again, there's no there'll be no repercussions to this. I mean, Harvard, also, Jerry, it also doesn't make any sense. So and we're told that black men uh, are being killed in the street by police. Well, that's not true on the numbers that that's an right. Act. Of course not. Uh, right. We talked, we talked about this yesterday. You have idiots like this uh, KFC from Barstool, uh, Minahan's old buddy uh, from Barstool saying he didn't realize that there was an epidemic uh, you know, of police brutality in this country. And you're mm-hmm. saying, where are you getting your facts? Are you really that simple? That, dumb that you're just going to say oh you know i saw some crazy black lives matter activist or you know harvard students say it's an epidemic it's not i mean there's no facts to back that up at all uh it's just this uh contrived uh scandal that is motivating a lot of people that the, you know this like lebron james said we're hunted every time we leave our houses <laughs> which is absolutely absurd we'll get to lebron james that coward but uh, the idea that, you know, otherwise intelligent people are just falling in to this to this narrative like, oh, you know, we got to do something. The cops are killing unarmed black men. No, we've gone over it last year and we could do it again. Last year, nine unarmed black men were killed by cops. Uh, Seven thousand and something were murdered, most by other black men. I mean, hell, nine unarmed black. That's that's, you know, a couple hours in in Chicago right now. Nine, nine people killed. Nineteen unarmed white people were killed by cops. A cop is much, much more likely to be killed by to be killed in the line of duty than he is to kill an unarmed person, period. Um, And, you know, they use Michael Brown as an example. This is another thing KFC did yesterday. Use Michael Brown as an example. A guy who tried to kill a cop and, and, and the cop. You know, Darren Wilson defending himself killed Michael Brown. It, it that has nothing to do with police brutality. It's absurd. Neither does Garrett Rolf in in Atlanta. It's not police brutality. The guy was shooting a taser at his head. Mm-hmm. But we've gone over this so many times, right. and uh, I guess it's I guess it's hopeless. I guess it's hopeless. Black Lives Matter has done the most brilliant job of marketing itself of any organization in the history. I don't care what it is. I mean, you know, Coca-Cola and, and McDonald's can only dream of this kind of uh, messaging. Uh, I, I mentioned LeBron James and the NBA. The NBA has announced that, you know, they're all going to Orlando to play. They're going to paint Black Lives Matter on the court, on the court. Black Lives Matter is a a uh, political organization that wants to end capitalism, disrupt the family, defund the cops, open the border. And the NBA is going to give them this free um, ad painting Black Lives Matter on the court, much like they, you know, that crazy D.C. mayor painted it on the street. De Blasio wants to paint it on the street in front of Trump Tower. The mayor, that's what he's concerned with, painting Black Lives Matter on the street in New York City and I mean, you see it everywhere. You, you see it. The San Francisco 49ers 
have added the Black Lives flag flag to their uh, outside their stadium. They have the American flag and the Black Lives Matter flag. You see, the 49ers. I mean, as you point out, schools everywhere, houses everywhere, right. hanging sh- uh, like banners or big sheets, and they paint Black Lives Matter, and that's fine. But you, if you believe in you know ending capitalism, if you want to defund the cops, if you want to uh, disrupt the family, if you want Marxism, if that's your thing, go for it. But if you don't, you're a fool. You're a sucker. You're being played, uh, much like the NBA. This, see, I often think I, I want to get your, I know I'm ranting here, but I want to get your take on this because usually when politics and sports uh, kind of collide, I don't believe people who say, that's it, I'm done, I'm not watching. You know, when the, when Colin Kaepernick knelt and a f- bunch of other players knelt and people said, I'm done with the NFL, I didn't believe them and they weren't, you know, there might have been a little ratings hit, but the and NFL still controls the world. When, uh, you know, LeBron James had this shirt that said, I can't breathe and uh, hands up, don't shoot. We went through all that. People say they're done. They're not really done. They come back. I think this time the NBA is going to uh, go too far. They're going to come back at the end of July, from what I understand. I don't know all the particulars, but they're going to come back and have this, whatever, this tournament at the end of July. And the and their gutless uh, slug of a commissioner, Adam Silver, this little puppet of uh, of China has said, you know, they're going to uh, allow their players to put right on their jerseys messages, social justice messages, not their name. They're going to replace their name with a social justice message. And I'm going to guess, you know, there'll be Black Lives Matter. I can't breathe. Whatever. There'll be uh, various politically correct messages. Now, <laughs> wouldn't it be something if you had a guy said, you know, I want to put, you know, I support the Blue Lives Matter on there. Oh. Or you had a guy who said, I want to say, you know, uh, I, I'm against abortion. I want to say ban abortion. Or I, I want to, how about this one? Well, how about this? If one NBA player had the balls to say, uh, support the Hong Kong freedom fighters or free Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so, Jerry. And the NBA showed you remember the NBA came to their grand compromise last year and they put to bed any racial strife they had by getting rid of the term owners. There were no more owners of teams right. anymore. So that was going to be it, right? But of course, the, the the woke mob, generally powered by white, middle, and upper class uh, progressives, saw that and they said, wow, these idiots are letting us redesign the English language and they're abiding by everything we do. We can just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. In the meantime, there's all sorts of footage out there of black people, Africans in China being dehoused and uh, thrown onto the streets during this uh, the, during this virus. Rampant racism in China, but no, they're the business partners. So, you know, black lives hey, matter yeah. asterisk unless you're somebody who's not in complete compliance uh, with the wokeness of the moment or unless you're in business with us you know in, in which case they don't matter anymore i it'll be, i'll be curious to see how political they get with these messages i mean is there a commission is it going to be like the city of boston where they have a chief of equity that like uh scrutinizes all the messages and says i'll allow this one black lives matter 
But if a guy says, I want to put, I mean, there's not anybody's going to do it. The, the league is so woke. It's Steve Kerr and Popovich. They don't even believe the stuff they say, but they're, they have to ingratiate themselves to the players. So they, they hate Trump as much as anyone in the country. And what if someone wants to put a, you know, I hate Trump or evil orange man on their jersey? I mean, what, what will be the standard they use to, to, uh, to, uh, to allow certain, you know, social justice uh, causes, uh, slogans, and not others. I mean, well, you're right. I'm sure. And, and, and you're also encouraging more performance art. So what happens when somebody walks to the plate? Are they going to do all sorts? Of, do we have to do the fist when they walk to the plate and kneel and whatever else we decide? You know, interpretive dance means that you're, you're pro-Black Lives Matter. What's it going to, because nobody's going to say anything. Certainly the people in the stands, if they dare say, get on with it, are going to be, uh, you slam right. Sam Kennedy and the Boston Red Sox and disavowed. And we're going to have a special uh, force standing ovation <laughs> for whoever, whoever uh, slowed the game up just to virtue signal. But I, I think, you know, if it wasn't for, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a fraud sports fan. I like the Patriots when they started winning Super Bowls. I don't know what the Tampa two or whatever that crap is. I like touchdowns. I don't know anything. But if it wasn't for the fact that Belichick and Kraft are against this BS, and you know they are, um, I wouldn't watch the Pats anymore, regardless of who they have for for a QB. I I mean, football is different. Everyone's going to watch football, I think. But I think basketball in the middle of – even if they didn't go all in on the social justice crap, you know, even if LeBron wasn't a total hypocrite defending China – where they have, you know, Muslims in concentration camps where they don't allow black people to go into the stores to buy the Nike products that he endorses, uh, where they pay, you know, 12 cents a day for people to stitch up the Nike apparel that, that LeBron and Colin Kaepernick get, get rich from. Even if that put that aside, it's a middle of the summer. It's a weird format. Players, some players say they're not going to participate. It, I mean, I know. People will uh, welcome sports back, real sports, but I don't think it's going to be a huge hit. And a lot of the people who are tuning will tune out, like me, will say, "I don't need to, you know, see a guy tell me about his, uh, you know, his cause, his crazy well, left wing cause." Don't they have five hundred opportunities to do that elsewhere? Like, do I have to sit down on my couch and w- I want to watch people actually play a sport? Do I have to then all start thinking about all the social justice issues that are going See, on? That, that's that's exactly what be, you know what they, people are going to say that even if it's not true, even if they just don't like basketball. Yeah, they're going to say, "Screw them! I don't want to re- listen to LeBron James lecture me about uh, you know social justice." That fraud who's who's who won't say a word about the, the protests in Hong Kong, but damn he'll you know he'll never miss a chance to attack the cops in his own country um they're, they're gonna say screw them and they're gonna not watch i think that 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 experiment during uh, during in- the game especially right like it's, it's one thing if, i mean if you want to take a knee because you can just literally that's just an action you can take in the moment but it's one thing to literally write on somebody's jersey a social justice cause then that's true this is the first time this stuff will be in your face during right. the game. I yeah. mean, it's true. You, if you kneel, kneel during the anthem, hell, they didn't even show it uh, after a while, right? What didn't the networks stop showing Kaepernick or whoever, Eric Reed? Um, and you know, they'll all take knees and you'll all hold hands. There'll be all kinds of empty gestures. 
from frauds and hypocrites like like Steve Kerr, another guy who will never say a word about China or Hong Kong, but he won't hesitate to take a shot at his own country or LeBron. But they're going to be, uh, you know, telling you in, in obviously not like they're not going to say it, but it's going to be right there in your face on their jersey. You know, Black Lives Matter. I can't breathe. Uh, Let me just you know, part of it, Jerry, because this is no longer about Biden. Yeah, it's no longer about that. Remember, the, the Marxists long ago took took over this movement. So George Floyd, uh, police deaths, police incursions, police brutality. That was the impetus for this thing. But the postmodernists, uh, you know, white middle class has taken this stuff over. So there's all sorts of ceremonial parts of these things that aren't going to be allowed to happen. Military flyovers. I mean, if you talk about colonial uh, oppression and milit- militarism, the flag itself, remember, the, you, the, the flag that, that flew over the Confederacy and over these states leading up to all the slave states, leading up to the, these uh, stars and bars, was the American flag as well. You can make a case now, and these these white progressives will make the case that almost everything we do in these games is 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 now uh, should be outlawed now because it's a triggering and it, it brings us back to days of oppression. And don't, and don't forget, don't forget, silence is violence. So if you're an NBA player and you say, listen, I'm not really big into this, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter thing. I'd really just like to li- leave my name on my jersey. You know what that is? That guy's uh, complicit with the, oh, with, you know, with the Trumpkins, with the Trumpkins and uh, he supports, uh, you know, killing unarmed black men. So well, you have to play along. He's complicit by walking on the court. The, the, it's, it's drawn on the, on the floor. You know what I mean? Like they're they're, forced, they're forcing it on all these people, which is just absurd. Well, the yeah. idea how it, the idea that they're walking on a court at all, considering the the justice system is racist from front to back, how can the word court even be allowed? A year ago, I'd be kidding when I said that. Now I think it's viable. If I was a progressive, that's, a, that's it, true. You can't call you can't call it a master bedroom anymore, a master bath. Those words are out. Realtors can't <laughs> use that term anymore. Well, can you, they are so good at being so pervasive with this stuff. But even that guy from the um, from the Steelers who uh, who stood for the anthem yeah. when everybody else was in the like locker. Villanueva, uh, Villanueva is that right? And, and of course, Jerry, that tells you about the hidden support for this. Remember, they sold about a billion of his uniforms after that. You know, well, people- yeah. But I'm telling you, it's going to be hard. Uh, people, someone asked yesterday, uh, "What will Patriots think when Cam Newton takes a knee?" And I, my answer to that is. They're, they're not going to think anything because everyone's going to be taking a knee. You don't think the McCordys are going to take a knee. Um, Tom Brady's going to take a knee. Drew Brees is going to take a knee. Roger Goodell is going to take a knee. Not every week, but they will at some point, first game probably. So Newton will not be appear like any kind of rebel uh, or, or, or no. you know, he won't stand out in the crowd. As we talked about yesterday, you know, Alexi Lalas, the soccer analyst, former player, he got in trouble because he said it now takes guts to stand for the anthem. And it does. He stated yeah. the obvious. He had to apologize for stating the obvious. But for those like soccer teams, they all take, I mean, they're all taking knees. It's not <laughs> going to be anything special. So Cam Newton will take a knee and Patriots fans will say, yeah, he's just like everybody else. They're all taking knees. Yeah, but you make the point that it's not going to be anything special. So if you want to get into that Kaepernick stratosphere, you got to take it to the next level. And whether that's an end zone celebration that has to, that we all have to stand around while you do this interpretive dance for 15 minutes, or you know who knows what it will be, whether it's live tweeting or live Instagram while you're standing in the end zone and and you know and and proselytizing, proselytizing about uh, race and inequity or whatever it is. 
Well, it'll be, it'll be showing the shirt. You know, they've done this before where you pull up your jersey and you have something written, written on your shirt. It'll be a guy pulling it up. It'll say Black Lives Matter on his under, you know, T-shirt under his uniform. That'll be what it is. Um, or, you know, on his shoes. Or on his- those are violations. Those are violations of the rules. Whoa, 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 whoa. Violations of what? You really think the league, even the NFL, is going to crack down on a guy who says Black Lives Matter? No, Tom. Have you not been paying attention? No. no, no. You have three guys in the end zone, and they might all be white guys. At this point, you never know who, who who's going to want some of the, the virtuous uh, riches that, to be garnered who do the fist in the air after there's a touchdown and stand there for 15 minutes. It's like, who? I don't know if it's Ed Hockey or Lee or who. Who tells them, can you guys speed this up so we can get along with the game? Is no, there- they, 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 everyone will be intimidated. And they already are. People are afraid to say anything. They, no one's going to say anything to a guy who speaks out against systemic racism and but police during- brutality. So what does is, what is Tony Romo do? Like play Scrabble? Scrabble? Does he, do they pretend it's not happening? He, 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 um, it's a good point. No, you know what he says? That's wonderful because let's be honest, we all have to do better. He's going to sound like, uh, Big Cat and KFC at Barstool saying, I'll try to do better. I've learned so much. I've evolved. I'm matured. They'll all have the same old lines. It'll be, it'll be tedious and, 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 and I think, you know, football could survive anything, but I think basketball takes a hit because it'll be so overtly political. I don't know about baseball. I don't care. I mean, baseball, they got, we talked about Ian Desmond from the Rockies, um, saying he's not going to play. And there's a few, um, women basketball, WNBA players who've done this, say they're not going to play because they're busy fighting. So injustice, racial injustice, they, they have more important things. And like the league is supporting them. The Rockies are supporting their own player who says he doesn't want to play because. <laughs> because of you know systemic racism and they're saying oh isn't that wonderful i'm going what doesn't he have a job doesn't he can he do his uh campaigning in his own time but no they're paying the wnba players who decide that they have to see your top five wnba players jerry <laughs> i don't even know that i can't name one i don't know i just it's reading that this morning they make they make 70 grand a season uh, on average and they're going to quit to fight social injustice. I don't even know what that means. Probably do what Kaepernick does. Just stay home and, uh, you know, sleep in. And uh, the league's going to pay them anyway, because there are more important things than basketball, Tom. It is so interesting. And uh, you do wonder, can you, at, just thinking about like the network football games on the weekends, do you break off in the middle? I mean, sure. JB can stay obviously, but can you have Boomer and, um, and who's the my quarterback, the Miami Dolphins uh, Hall of Famer there? Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Do you have? Can you cut right to those guys? Considering that these that's games good, now are a good question, because I know Boomer's kind of a conservative. Uh, he he better be careful. Well, both of those guys definitely. I think that the, or Jimmy Johnson or Ditka. I mean, any of these guys. These are old school, generally conservative guys. Well, they got to be careful. That's all the I'm NFL. Though, the NFL has the benefit of waiting everybody else out. Like they get to see the reaction to Black Lives Matter on the court on the court of the NBA. That's true. See the reaction. Like like Boomer gets to see the analyst from the NBA and how he handles these situations. So the NFL, not only are they the most important and really the only thing that matters, they get to learn by everybody else's potential mistakes, which is Yeah, but no, but they they built the the Kaepernick Corporation because because they are the most, you know, mainstream 
and they they have conservative stalwarts in and around the game like <clears throat> the um the Cowboys uh, Jerry Jones etc and high profile friends of Republicans as well so it makes a bigger splash when you do something in the NFL or at least for now it does uh, you know who who deserves a medal is the owner of the Redskins <laughs> oh geez hold on hold that thought i'm not sure i, get, I agree with that because he's kind of uh contemptible but that is an interesting uh thought i'm gonna grab my uh my shake concrete copy do shake concrete uh i i'm gonna step away for a second can you guys talk amongst yourselves sure. hey why did jerry dave why did jerry oh, call the guy owner of redskins contemptible is he, is he like a me too guy i don't am i in trouble i don't know jerry i don't know jerry's take on that we gotta we gotta wait and find oh, out so my wonder but i just think I don't know what the guy's done character-wise. I, I I am agnostic on Redskins. I've looked into the issue myself, and there's yep. uh, it, Redskins was first used. I think was Native Americans talking about Native Americans. It was some kind of thing, whatever. I don't know if it's a an insult or whatever. But the fact that he is like taking all this heat for over year after year after year. In doing, you know, just standing by this one thing that he could have just given in on. <laughs> can, can, I, can I tell you my favorite part of the story? Actually, <laughs> it happened. It happened this week. I wish Jerry was here. Dale Arnold, who is just too fun to poke fun at in life, he he retweeted a fake tweet from Patrick Mahomes, the starting quarterback mm-hmm. of the Chiefs, saying that he was boycott. He would boycott playing if the Chiefs didn't change their name. I believe it wasn't that it. Did you see that, Jerry? Yes, yes it's a, it, it was a fake Mahomes. And, uh, and I know it's not the Redskins, but it's the same. You know what? I don't blame Dale for this reason is because you tell me what the limit is now to the, you know, to the political correctness, you know, to the, the lengths to which we will go now to placate the mob. Tell me what the limit is. Because when I saw it, I mean, I, I didn't fall for it, but I said, you know why I didn't fall for it? Because it's Patrick Mahomes. He's not really that kind of troublemaker. But what if it were, uh, you know, some real, you know, Malcolm Jenkins saying, you know, we need to change that logo or I'm not playing. You wouldn't. I mean, hell, in college now, and we talked about this yesterday because it happened at Miss, I mean, it happened at Oklahoma State where the players threatened to boycott because their coach wore a T-shirt. That seemed absurd. In Kansas State, the, the players are threatening to boycott the season. I don't know if you read this story, Shattuck, or not, but because a student at the school tweeted a joke, a tasteless joke about George Floyd. He said, uh, he went over this yesterday, but he said, congratulations on George Floyd. for He's been drug-free for one month. It's a dumb joke. As, as uh, uh, Turtle Boy pointed out, it's a joke that was told about Ted Kennedy after he died. You know, he's been sober for five years. Right. Or something. Um, it's a dumb joke on Twitter by a kid, a college kid. The players are demanding that kid be kicked out of school or they're not going to play. <laughs> and the coaches, of course, this pathetic. Uh, we read the coach say, you know, saying he's falling right in line, doing whatever the players want. That's the state of our sports. That's the state of the country now. So what is the limit? If some player says they have to change the name of the Chiefs, uh, you know who's going to dig in their heels? I mean, Pat uh, Dan Snyder has dug in his heels for decades now, saying he doesn't want to change the names. And, and you know, why do you call him contemptible? Oh, he's a, you read up. He's just a, he's just a jerk. I'm not saying he's a he's not Roger Ailes, but he's just a right. jerk. And uh, it's not because of the nickname; it's because right. of a lot of other things. But um, I, I listened to you guys talk about this yesterday in the the, the college kid who. 
who did that, who made the George Floyd jo- joke. And obviously, he's probably at that age. Who wasn't an a hole, by the way? At twenty two, twenty two year old men generally are total jerks and offensive. And people make offensive jokes. And that's that's a tasteless, horrible thing to say about a dead man. But that's a twenty two year old. I mean, it, it, and it's something. It's something Dave Chappelle would say, or something. Uh, you know, exactly. something. Uh, and I, uh, I was Louis C.K. would say. When the Challenger blew up in 1986, Jerry, there were 24 Challenger jokes that went mainstream before all the pieces hit the ground. <laughs> Remember that? Like we're yes, I, of course I did. I told some of those jokes. Right. Uh, right. I laughed at some of those. Jokes. Astronaut was all. I don't anymore. I never. I did no. not laugh at that George Floyd joke. I didn't think it was appropriate. And you know what? When I read it, I said, "This kid's in trouble." But the response, if you're a player on the football team is to tell your coach you're not going to play until the kid's kicked out of school. That's insanity. And I mean, I'm not, I shouldn't be the one saying that. That should be people everywhere, people on the campus. That should be professors and administrators and deans saying that's insane. One dumb joke from one kid and you don't want to play anymore. How must that program be then, Jerry? They suck. You know, I, unlike you, uh, who who was a cheap shot artist and ultimately coughed up the game for his team in Chelmsford, I played uh, football for Austin Prep for two days, Jerry, before um, before I wasn't man enough to play anymore. And they were really mean to us. They made us run gases. And if you were last, they said stuff that wasn't nice. <laughs> it was very insensitive, Jerry, especially since I had a few extra pounds on me. <laughs> they made light of that. I mean, how, how do these coaches treat these people? Do they have to yeah. say, guys, please, do you mind doing another lap, please? Well, they have. We have Nick Saban making statements supporting Black Lives Matter. Nick Saban's old school, tough guy, badass, greatest college football coach ever, and he is falling in line because he cannot risk alienating his players. You know, we had coaches. I'm all for getting rid of the Confederate flag. I don't. I'm no fan of the Confederate flag. I and and in Mississippi, they're getting rid of it. It's a completely red state. And all the Republicans are on board getting rid of it. But the coaches had to go to the state house and demand or support the effort to get rid of it. And they probably you know, have more important things in their mind. They're busy you know, working on a you know, playbook or whatever. But they do have to do it so their players see it and players say that they're uh, you know, on my side. They're, that's happening everywhere. Play, coaches, every single coach is going to support vocally, openly a group that supports Marxism, a group that wants to end capitalism. Nick Saban, probably one of the, probably a hard right Republican uh, is going to support Black Lives Matter. That's where we're at. That's right. uh, That's nowhere near the limit. The limit is, I mean, and, and it is funny that the Redskins, you know, put out a statement in support of Black Lives Matter and immediately got just, destroyed by you know aoc and others saying this is unacceptable there is an intellectual case to be made to preserve the redskins and there's a a case to be made to change the name now as usual with these things the people who are offended are white middle class progressives they care about redskins they'll tell you that they've got friends or native americans who are offended but native americans the by and large are worried about economic problems and uh, drug and alcohol problems and lack of really being denied the American dream on reservations in, in other parts of the country. Uh, it, so it's, it's just, it's just a total, it, there's nothing to it. These, the, the people who push this 
push this stuff are people in Wellesley and Newton. Right. I know. And I can't so wait what's going to happen next year, Jerry, if, if their president Biden is here, August 6th, 2021. What do you think we do? August 6th. That that's uh, Barack Obama's birthday. What is that? No, August 6th. It's the anniversary of a horrible date of a large scale United States sponsored massacre in World War II. <laughs> uh, we apologize. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have any doubt that we will apologize? And you will have, you know, Japanese Americans who li- whose parents, grandparents, you know, great grandparents were interned or were sent to internment camps whose relatives then fought in the United States infantry bravely who will be saying, why, why are you doing this? But well, I mean, you can obviously the middle class people from Wellesley who make these, these decisions. Meanwhile, statues of FDR will still be up. A guy who sent American citizens over a hundred thousand American citizens. You sent them to concentration camps. It's unfreaking believable. But there's no he might, he, he might be next. I mean, let's be honest. I don't I you know, when you get rid of Abe Lincoln and you know Winston Churchill and uh, Will, Jerry you, Jerry Marx- Grant, he might be next. No, um, Jerry these are Marxists and he was a huge central planner. <clears throat> and you know, socialization of the country is more important than the races of the country to these hyper progressives. I think the last statue standing will be in Seattle and it's Vladimir Lenin. No one has touched the Lenin statue. I'll let you get a drink of water and uh, don't choke on me here. We'll get back to the limit because I'm curious about this. What is the limit? Uh, The things we're seeing now seem implausible three, four, six months ago. They seem insane six months ago, but they're happening in real time. And you got to wonder at what point do we say, okay, that's, uh, you know, that's just a little too far. But first, let's talk about shake concrete, shake concrete. You know all about them. They're fourth generation owned and operated business, a family business is working hard day in and day out to be a trusted precast concrete partner. They're a local company, but they're all over New England for state of the art facilities. Um, if you're a contract, you probably know what these guys can do, but I'll tell you some of the products they can deliver to your job site, water and wastewater products, berries and bollards, stairs and bulkheads, deck footings. The list goes on and on. These guys at Shea, they can do it all. If you're an engineer, they can help you out. Shea can help you design your next project. You can sit down with one of their smart young engineers and he can help you through it, walk you through it. Give him a call for more information or for, met, for an estimate, or you can log on to SheaConcrete.com. And you know what else you can do there? You can check out the job openings they have. They're looking for CDL drivers. If you're a CDL driver, they need to help because they're kicking ass. Business is good. The precast concrete business is good. They're uh, hiring at all their places, all four plants. You can stop in or you can call them or you can log on or you can send your resume to jobs at shakeconcrete.com. Jobs. These guys take care of their people. They hire you. You know what you get? You get a hat. You get a good job. You get good benefits and you get a great hat. So check them out. Give them a call. Shakeconcrete.com. Shea Concrete has spawned a lot of people to ask, A, first first and foremost, where they can buy the Shea Concrete hat. Yeah, we got to do that, man. And then spawn them asking us when we're going to get on the merchandise stuff, so T-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff. So we got to start thinking about We're that. working on some things. We're working on some things. That's all I'm going to say. We're working on some things, and uh, it's a, you know, a little crazy time right now. We got a little virus. We got anarchy. We got the 4th of July, but you know what? We'll uh, we'll tell you all about the things we're working on soon. 
Well, and we're talking about how, you know, Trump is spending his time, uh, you know, touting Roger Ailes. He should be out there touting people like Shea Concrete, people hiring. He should be standing in front of every single business in this country, every factory, anybody, the MyPillow factory, the air conditioner factories, any factory at all, and spend his time talking about jobs, 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 law and order. He should have William Barr talking about federal regulations and what will be prosecuted and what will not be prosecuted. And uh, Trump at some point has to show a human side so suburban women don't, uh, you know, gag every time they see him. You know, in, in well, he that- did that, it, they, you know, during the virus at the beginning when he was doing his daily two hour, two and a half hour press briefings, he brought the CEOs in, including the My Pillow guy and, you know, CVS and Walgreens brought them all in a couple times into the Rose Garden, into the White House, and they made little speeches. And it was good. It worked. It made it seem like he was genuinely concerned about getting the economy back up and running. But then, you know, one rogue cop in Minneapolis killed George Floyd and everything changed. Everything changed. And it's still, I mean, daily, you still tune into, to, you know, riots and wherever in Portland, they're trying to set up an autonomous zone in New York right now. They're literally setting up barriers and uh, putting up tents and saying, Oh, they're giving their demands. I'm watching it right now. They have their listed demands. Oh, the same things, defund the cops, um, there are places that want to, in, uh, I think it was in Richmond yesterday where there were a movement to decrease the penalties for assaulting a police officer. So we have public officials who get up in the morning and say, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to make it easier for some of my constituents to assault cops, to hit cops, to throw things at cops. It's gotten that nasty and that crazy out there. Which, again, brings me back to what's the limit? I mean, obviously, they're going to change the name of the Redskins. Obviously, everybody's going to take a knee. Obviously, every announcer is probably going to have a little pin on their suit jacket that says, you know, uh, <laughs> says Black Lives Matter or says I can't breathe or says some of know, it and, and capitalism. Right. Some of it I like because if it's going to be absurd and you want to burn down institutions, et cetera, well, then we can have fun with some of them. and. You know, Trump has been given culpability for the um, for COVID, obviously. But if you read back and look at 1918, there was an event that happened in New England, a series of events that are considered a feeder, a seeding process for the resurgence of the Spanish flu. And that event happened at Braves Field in the fall of 2018. And that was the World Series, the Red Sox World Series. Remember the last one they had won. Uh, that they didn't play at Fenway. They played at Braves Field because they wanted more of a crowd in there. And the the disease, according to all sorts of historians and medical experts, spread wildly because of that event. Now, I believe the Red Sox also have a history. I think I've heard that they didn't draft uh, Jackie Robinson. They did not. No, they they gave him a tryout, but they didn't even give him a bar of soap. Exactly. So under if, if the name Yaki Way is triggering for people because he was a jerk, Certainly, the name the Red Sox must be tr- triggering to people. That's uh, true. It's, it's about time they they changed that name. It's true that that I mean they changed the name of the street to Jersey Street, and I believe Jersey mm-hmm. comes from a slave trader, a slave owner. Um, it, it's a good point, and Ann Coulter and Jesse Kelly, a couple of right wing firebrands, have pointed this out on Twitter that you could take it to any absurd level. They want they're demanding that Yale change the name Yale 
Yes. Yale, Yale was not just a slave owner. He was a slave trader. He made his fortune buying and selling slaves. So how can you have the name Yale and have his likeness and have his name up all over campus at the same time you're saying we have to tear down the founding fathers, you, you know, Washington owned slaves and Jefferson. And, you know, if you're, if slave owning is disqualifying, then why is Elishu, Elishu, whatever his freaking first name is, Eli <laughs> Yale, why is he exempt? You know, what, what are the rules? How can he be exempt if he owned and traded slaves? You have to change that name, do you not? No, I completely agree. And I'm for it. I, I would sign that in a second. I'll sign changing the name of the Red Sox in a, in a second. I'm all for it. These people want to play this game. And we know, we saw what happened at the New York Times when the editorial board and the editors of the New York Times bent the knee to the reporters and said, okay, we're going to give you equal voice. Go right ahead. And the reporters essentially murdered them for it. So, yes, if, if this is what it takes, if it takes this movement, this Marxist movement, it, it, if it takes them cannibalizing each other, cannibalizing itself, if that's what it takes to end it, then let's do it. I'm all on. I mean, I, I, as done, I did this yesterday because the mute man was back and we went over all the things he missed and all the crazy uh, cancel culture developments. And I gave him the list, you know, like Aunt Jemima and Paw Patrol and cops and, and, and the family guy who will no longer voice, you know, a black oh, character. So all the can't act like other people now. They can the, only golden, the golden girls that was pulled, yanked from Hulu because they had mud masks on. <laughs> and es- Eskimo Pie is changing the name. Um, I don't even know. Like, if you look at Uncle Ben's, I don't even know what the pro- – I looked at the box and said, there's a guy and he's not yeah. – it's not a parody. He's not no. like, it's not a caricature. It's a guy. I mean, what, why does that white, why does that black guy have to be replaced by a white guy? Well, that, that tells you, Jerry, and you probably, you've been in programming and not in sales and marketing over the years in radio, but I got to go to a lot of these marketing meetings and, and uh, promotions meetings. And it, you know, it's the gimmicks, you know? So I worked at, um, at uh, 680 WRKO. We'd always do 68 seconds of this or, every day we'll give away. And for the marketing for that day, that was really clever marketing stuff. And you'd get, you'd win the meeting by saying that. So now in these corporations, winning the meeting means doing some virtue signaling on behalf of the company. So for Hulu saying, by the way, uh, yes. And when they all say, no idea is a dumb idea, the 26 year old marketing grad says, well, I've noticed that some of the episodes are troublesome because they feature mud masks uh, with a (laughs) partner. And I think and, everybody says, wow, that's great. And she wins that meeting of all these other cowardly morons. And the oversight, of course, is the sales department says, yeah, it seems like that might uh, save, keep a flank covered for a while. We can we can say that. When, if somebody asks us, we get phone calls saying, hey, uh, you, you guys are being racially insensitive. We can say, no, no, look what we did. So, I mean, you're right. And it's, it's like uh, it's cancerous the way that works. because it, and, it's, and, and, and the sad thing is people are so intimidated and, uh, you know, we could do the barstool guys again, but they're so intimidated that they're thinking, you know, uh, they'll come after me last. If I just apologize, if I just say I've learned, I've evolved. I, I, I got to add this one to my list because it's so silly. The idiot governor of uh, New Jersey, Murphy, the guy from from here, of course, from Boston area. He uh, went to school with Charlie Baker, another uh, another tyrant. He said he no longer will use the desk he's been using because it was once used by Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> and I'm going, so Woodrow <laughs> Wilson was a racist and a bad guy. We all understand that. But 
you've been using his desk since you took office. Before that, the other governors used the desk. And you're going to, like, put it aside or, like, put it in, in the attic or something? Because <laughs> a, a racist guy once sat there? And you think that's somehow, that is the ultimate, you know, empty virtual signal, virtue signal. is saying, right. I'm no longer, no longer going to sit at Woodrow Wilson's desk. And, and I, I'll put that on my list. There is no limit here because everyone is so afraid right. to, say, to say no. If someone said, are you still going to sit at Woodrow Wilson's desk? Murphy would be afraid to say, yeah, it's just a desk and, you know, it's got drawers and who cares. So he once sat here. It's been, right. it's been whatever, 80 years since he sat here. It's not just virtue signaling, it, it, but it's stupid because it's got no, no utility. Because when the Jacobins drag you to the guillotine, you can scream, but my desk, I got rid of the desk all you want. I, got rid- I didn't sit at Woodrow Wilson's desk. You can't, you can't chop my head off, no. but they but they will. It's just funny, and it's uh, entertaining. And we mentioned this earlier because uh, oh, we mentioned it yesterday when uh, Minahan did a Periscope rant about Jamel Hill and how they have to cancel her because she works with works for Bill Simmons because Bill Simmons once compared the Serena Williams to an Amazon and he did a bunch of, you know, sexist racist things 20 years ago. And now Bill Simmons is apologizing daily for his past mistakes and for not hiring enough black guys or black women at the, uh, at the ringer, but you can do it to anyone. As Minahan pointed out, if you can do it, just take Jamel Hill. She worked uh, at the Atlantic magazine, which has never had an African-American editor or managing editor. You know, she should be canceled because she works at the ringer and she works at Atlantic magazine and she, she's got a couple of uh, tasteless tweets in her past. So cancel her. I mean, you could do it to anybody and that somebody can apologize and it's okay, but other people can't. So, so Portnoy can't apologize for just times being different today than they were five years ago, but she can do it. Right. So when she does it, everybody applauds when he does it, it's, Let's all write a column about how NASCAR should drop their advertising, and let's like, let's just make sure we hammer Barstool Sports on social media. Did she do that? Did she say? I mean, I know she uh, tweeted out that old video of Portnoy saying whatever racist things or whatever. What was he saying? Oh, he's making fun of Kaepernick. Yeah. yeah. And and his two sidekicks both apologized profusely in these long <laughs> blogs, but Portnoy didn't. He didn't. He said he's not apologizing, right. which is good. He shouldn't because it doesn't help. It doesn't placate the mob. And, and, you know, Jim L. Hill's a great example. Jim L. Hill can say or do anything. She's a terrible writer who will always have a high paying writing gig or, and she does a podcast about the wire. Two podcasts. Two podcasts. A TV show that's been over. When did the wire end? You know, 15 years ago. I mean, uh, I'm sure she's got like 12 listeners, if that, but it doesn't matter because people, are afraid of her and afraid of what she could do to them if they don't pay her, if they don't hire her, if they don't uh, 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 pretend to uh, read or listen to her. She's, she's a, I mean, I've read her stuff. She's a lousy writer. Right. One thing, if she gets a picture taken with a Republican or somehow does something that's seen as being throwing in and, and then kind of shedding her identity politics uh, um, privilege, I would say, uh, then they will come for her because she is the word tranny. And if you t- the LGBT yes. community talks uh, daily about being murdered in the streets on a daily basis uh, because of vernacular like that. So, I mean, she's she skated by this time. Not always, though, because remember, 
Ben Carson does not have the privilege that Jamel Hill does because you know he's he's dared to be divergent. He's a conservative, so you know for, it's, it only works for some people. What's 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 even more sad slash hilarious is that like you couldn't make the movie now, and I'm surprised it's even uh, they even show it. Tropic Thunder could not be shown now. Oh God, no! God, and no. The Thirty Rock scenes, even though the blackface was the joke, you know the message was. They were using it to make a joke about blackface being offensive, and it's just, the the theme was that it is offensive, and it was called out in the show as offensive. So you can't even use the imagery for uh, something that's that would be. Well, this, I mean, there's great examples every day. Yesterday, Kyle Reiner passed away at the uh, at, at 98. Had a good run. Kyle Reiner did some some great things. Um, he wrote, uh, he write, he directed The Jerk, and The Jerk is was, I, as I recall from my youth, a silly, funny, slapstick movie. Steve Martin at his best. Can't do that today. I mean, oh. he would. He was born a young black child, yes. and there's all kinds of stuff now. In fact, I tell the story. I told my son he likes silly slapstick movies. I told him to watch it, uh, and it was funny. And then I said, whoa, I forgot. You know, you forget. Yes. Like with, Bla- like with Blazing Saddles, you know, like with lots of like with whatever, all in the family, that stuff that was funny, acceptable, irreverent in those days is completely over the line and unacceptable. Now, Kyle Reiner could not make direct the jerk today. So we've gone, we've gone backwards in many ways. There's things you can do now that you couldn't do then, but. No, you can't, you can't have Steve Martin pretend to be a young black child. No, no, no. It isn't interesting how, you know, a, a generation and a group, a demographic that had just barely, um, you know, escaped the clutches of annihilation in the Holocaust. You know, Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner and folks who were just lucky to be alive and so close to annihilation, you know, they they see the usefulness in having comedy and and having absolute free thought without without boundaries and they're that they're that close to the a horrible time in in history you know but they but 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 now uh, well, like i've been saying is the white liberals in wellesley say no 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 you can't do that what do you know in wellesley about what these guys have gone through the fact that some of these guys are you can't have family reunions anymore because they were they were fed into factories in Poland and in destroyed and burned in 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 gassed you know and it's it's, it's the same thing with the, the statue of the the emancipation statue these are freed slaves they knew what was going on okay i think that they talk about wokeness they lived this experience but still you you're going to take their creation and you know what their legacy they wanted it enshrined in this statue but you woke person from wellesley you're telling them no that's wrong it's the freaking audacity is disgusting it, it is funny and i you know kyle reiner obviously his uh his son rob reiner was you know meathead mm-hmm. uh and on the most politically incorrect show ever the greatest show ever yeah it, it dealt with real issues it was funny and it was also impactful and important. And uh, you couldn't make that today. You know, yeah. Rob, Reiner, Rob Reiner would lead the mob, the woke mob against anyone, including Trump, of course, today. But his father couldn't have done the things he's done. And he sure couldn't have done the things that that uh, that he did. If things um, uh, it was it was directed by Kyle Reiner, written by Steve Martin, 
and a couple other guys, uh, the jerk. I mean, I still think it's funny. I, I shouldn't say that. Yes, uh, but the thing is, it, it it I think it makes fun of white people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we shouldn't have to go down down to that level. But he's an idiot in the movie. You know, they hate these cans. You know, which right. is <laughs> <laughs> and you know when he says you're t when he overhears someone use the n word and he says you're talking to an n word because he <laughs> thinks he's a he thinks he's black. <laughs> but it's it's a great funny slapstick old and slap only people and, in colleges and academia and those folks you know anybody normal people everyday people in any community nobody's really offended by that unless you're that's true that's that's true it's two different things whether you're really offended by and what uh, you're pretending to be offended by there's a big difference uh well you know you, what how do you get to some level of consistency across the board like you just you, you just never get there or we just get rid of fucking everything to be honest with it's you. Uh, it's i mean again the question you, you, of, pull, you pull golden girls off uh off hulu yesterday because of a facial uh and you're all happy about it but golden girls has been airing in syndication on tbs for 25 fucking years airing that episode probably once a month nobody's given tbs the station shit so it's just like, like across the board it's it's always something to bitch about, and there's no consistency no matter where you go. All the family has a blackface episode, and they have yet to you know, uh, pull that or whatever. Uh, you know, I haven't read about that bit and yanked. All the other all, uh, 30 Rock and all the other shows that have done blackface have pulled the episodes, and you know, Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon have all jumped, uh, you know, begged for mercy from the mob because they've done blackface. It's Something that was you didn't think twice of when Jimmy Kimmel played Carl Malone. No one thought anything of it. He dressed up as Carl Malone, and now it is right. a sin against uh, against everything, and you can't can't do it. But that's the way it works. We got new rules. To quote my friend Bill Maher, new rules every week, new rules, and we'll keep track of them. Um, Tom Shattuck is on record. We'll give him credit that next year, August 6, twenty twenty one, under President Biden. It will be as a nation. We will mourn the victims of uh, Hiroshima, and we will apologize. That's what you say. Officially, as a country, we will apologize for uh, for dropping the bomb. Yes, that's, that's not a that's not a bad one. I think that same week will be a national holiday because uh, Barack Obama's birthday. That'll be that'll be a new holiday. We'll have lots of holidays. We're going to have Juneteenth is going to be an, a holiday, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. By the way, you're a good friend, and I don't know when he's coming back on. Alex Reamer is a a uh, Hiroshima apologist. He'll lead the way if you want to have that discussion. But you know, you're a historian. You know that the alternative was invading Japan, which it would have been much more, much more costly, cost more, certainly more American lives. So I think you know it'll be tough for the usual you know historians, like John Meacham's and Beckloss and those guys, Betzler, to say that it was uh, something we should apologize for. But you're right. Yeah, again, there's no limit. There's no Jerry, end. You're, uh, you're, Lincoln, I, Lincoln's, in, Lincoln's going into mothballs. Uh, you know, Aunt Jemima's gone. Eskimo pies are now. I don't even know. What, what are they calling Eskimo pies now that they decided they couldn't call them Eskimo pies? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I imagine working at a mud mask company now. What are the board? <laughs> like, I don't know. But this is year zero, Jerry. So the, the, the fact that there was a bombing of Pearl Harbor and to, to, and to the you know, all the other stuff that led up to that is now erased. Only the visage of that, it, the, the bombing, exists with no context. So we'll have to apologize for it. It's year zero. All right. It is. And Lincoln is, is history. And uh, 
the NYPD, no, no big deal. We're just going to get rid of uh, the NYPD, you know, all the cops in all the big cities in, in America and get rid of the Lincoln statue and all the um, NBA players will have really woke messages on their back and the world, <laughs> the world will be a better place. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep track of all these developments. Shattuck, Tom Shattuck of the Burn Barrel podcast and uh, various other gigs. Um, thanks, Shattuck. We will talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Dave. And thanks to uh, Shea Concrete and Allied Paving, and thanks to DCU. Thanks to Cullinane. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening and for leaving a leaving a little note, leaving a little five star review on uh, Apple Podcast. If you could, we yeah, appreciate it. Tell a friend. Yeah, if you came in yesterday, the strategy is if you're an asshole to the listeners and force them to leave a review they actually do it for some reason how do i, how do I force them what can i do to force them just no i'll just be an asshole so just say hey if you listen to this podcast every day I can do that don't I can be do an that. asshole <laughs> leave a review all right that's it's that simple don't be an ass oh, i mean i'm sorry leave a review uh leave a five-star review a rating uh support our sponsors you can support us by supporting them they are good people good companies they're not you know into this whole cancel culture uh, so, so support all those guys and support us. We really appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we'll, we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Why am I stopping? You, no one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.